Hi, this is Melvin York, and today on Daddy Pete's Global Gardening, we're going to continue with part two of our uh, food and where uh, it comes from, food shortages. Uh, we are experiencing a real food shortage in a lot of areas, and you will know this by your visits to the grocery store or this item's out now. Uh, I know I like to, at a lot of grocery stores, I like to, just for convenience sakes, I like to uh, go ahead and go online, put my order in, and uh, let them fill it, pull up in the space, they bring it out, load it in the, the car or the pickup for me, and that's great, but a lot of times you will get a text or uh, email back, uh, we need to substitute this item or this item not available. And it will be in so many days, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So by doing that, we used to experience that before uh, the COVID. And we have got used to, and our government is taking advantage also, blaming everything on COVID, which I don't agree with or do I believe. Now, what's actually happening is we do have some people that does see the shortages. We do have people that may be overstocking on some items. We've got a lot of people that's understocking on items. And uh, then again, we still have a government that's saying, well, we can't run our process and plants. We can't do that. Or we can't do this uh, because we don't have the labor. But yet, we are still offering people uh, a weekly paycheck to stay at home and produce nothing. So again, let me reiterate this more than one time. This uh, podcast is not about politics. It's not about which side of the fence you're on. That's not what we're here for. And nor are we going to be here for that. What we're here for is to give you the plain facts and the truth. And I like to uh, give you my sources. Everything that you listen to on the podcast uh, the previous one on the exports of foods that we export was taken directly off the USDA and the FDA pages of the government uh, so that you'll know what's going on. We told you about what each agency regulates. Uh, the USDA regulates around 20% of the food. The FDA uh, regulates around 80% of our food, and that's safeties, our food safety for that. Now, we went over what that we did export, and if you'd like to hear that, you can go back or you can go, uh, as I said, you can go on to the USDA or you can go on to the FDA webpages, sign up, and you will get the recall notices. You can go in and look at the data. I mean, it will keep you busy for all one weekend just going through the site and seeing everything that's going on. The recent shortages we've been through, we've been through uh, toilet paper was a shortage. And then if you look now, we've got shortages of pasta on the shelf. We have shortages of baby formula. Uh, we've got shortages of gas. And I know that's not a food product, but it's just on and on and on. There's a shortage of this or a shortage of that. And uh, I don't know if you're old enough to... Uh, Recall this, but back in the 70s when we had a shortage of gas, everybody was rationing it. Uh, wasn't too long after that shortage of gas started that it started. Uh, food was in short supply. I remember sugar was one of the big ones, uh, but then later it was other things also. 
So uh, it's almost like history is repeating itself times 100 uh, because it's worse uh, than it was back then. Uh, we're in a more of a global market now than we were back in the 70s, even though we were in a global market. We're uh, more dependent on global imports and uh, exports than we've ever been. Trade agreements are good, but once you get into a trade agreement and you sign them, I'll give you so much corn for so much of your coffee or however it works, or we'll supply this, you supply that. We all know how this works, but if we're not careful, uh, we can create shortages here in our own homeland. And uh, what it seems like that we are exporting most is the stable goods that we need, the corns, the wheat, uh, the barleys. Uh, these are things that we're getting rid of, our oil. We're actually still uh, exporting some oil out. Uh, the thing is, these things are our staples. We did find out the other day, we do not have, the United States do not have a food reserve system. We only keep about 25, $24 to $25 million of wheat on hand, and that is if there is a foreign emergency, we can use that wheat for that. But that wheat is not even stored or kept in uh, uh, storage for the use of us here in the United States. Now, just to give you an example, I'm going to give you a quick overview. And again, the way the government runs these numbers, they do it in millions of dollars. So when I give you the number, keep in the back of your head, this is in millions of dollars. I'm going to give you the exports. You can go on uh, the USDA page for this, and uh, you can go back uh, as far as 2001 and look at the uh, imports that we were importing and see how much has changed. All right, just to give you an example, live meat animals. This is live meat animals that the United States imported in 2021 was 2,300 million. We'll just round it off. Uh, 13,000 million meat. Now keep in mind, the first one was live meat. These are meat. Does not include the fish and shellfish because the next one is twenty-four thousand two hundred million dollars. These are dollars worth of fish and shellfish, dairy, and everybody knows it's not uh, no secret how our dairy farmers have struggled and still struggling, and uh, they say that we have too much or surplus of milk. And that's why the prices are not. Uh, fluctuating up like they should be to make it affordable for dairy farmers to stay in business or make a profit. Dairies, we had $2,400 million worth of dairy products that we imported. Vegetables, 15,800 million vegetables we imported in 2021. Fruits, 22,700 million dollars worth of fruits we imported. Nuts, $3,100 million worth of nuts, $9,800 million worth of coffee, tea, $15,250 million worth of grains. Now, if you'll go back and listen, you'll see how much grains that we export every week. 
Now here we turn around and we are exporting, uh, importing 15 million, 250, 15,250 million dollars worth of grains every year, vegetable oils. $9,573 million worth of vegetable oil, sugars and candies, $5,845 million, cocoa and chocolate, $5,633 million, other edible products, $18,833 million, beverages, $18,167. Now, there's three categories here below that does not include these numbers. These are additional numbers. It says uh, subtotals of food uh, on uh, four. Four excludes items not totaled in the U.S. categories above. Animals, 42156 million million worth of animals imported in 20. 21. Now, keep in mind on the chart above, which this was not included, on our live meats, we did 2,300 million. On meats, period, we did 13,196 million. And now, animals again, 42,156 million. Now, plants, and this is really, really gets me going plants, 106. Thousand six hundred and twenty-two million dollars worth of plants were imported into the United States in 2021. Can y'all get a hold of that? One hundred and six thousand six hundred and twenty-two plants. Now this is coming straight off of the USDA's page. Okay, I'm not reading this because somebody's made it up and put it through one of these. Uh, little you know, papers that likes to start rumors and do all of that stuff. Now, this is coming straight off the government page. You can go on the website. You can look it up. It's right there in black and white in front of you. Beverages, okay? Not including the beverages we talk about. These are $18,167 million worth of beverages that we uh, are importing. Now, that's uh, a lot to import, uh, quite a bit to import. Now, let me give you a little uh, overview here. Uh, a lot of people says that we're getting most of this imports and a lot of exports we know from China. And we know that about everything you pick up in your home anymore, if you look at the bottom or the back of it, it's going to say made in China or uh, whatever on that. But you wouldn't think that now that you start looking at your food labels, and you can see in the corners a lot of your juices, uh, a lot of your meats, a lot of your frozen products, because a lot of those are coming from here, are being imported. Um, China is among the top export markets for the U.S. in the top five major ag commodities. Uh, I want you to hear that. Again, China is among the top export market for U.S. major ag commodities. Number one is in soybeans feed animal hides, alfalfa, number two in hay, number three is in dairy and poultry, number four is in processed food, pork and beef, number five is wheat. Now, these are U.S. agriculture exports, again, to China. Our export is really getting out of hand. 
uh, on that. That's the reason I want to bring the imports in with the exports, just to let you know what we're going. Now, here's the U.S. ag imports from China, okay? This is what we're importing from China. This was back in 2017. This was the last report that they had the pie charts on this one, and they'll give you a good idea. Uh, fruit and vegetables, including processed, that's frozen, canned, or whatever, 36% of the exports that China exported, which was imported by the United States. Snack foods were 5%, spices were 3 tea was 3%. Planting seeds, in other words, your seeds, 2%. Uh, oils was, and that's cooking oils, vegetable oils, whatever, was 2%. Essential oils was 2%. Tree nuts, 2%. Uh, feeds and fodders, again, was 2%. Coffee was 1%. Nursery products was 1%. And then everything else fell under 43%, which could be your live meats, uh, your processed meats that wasn't canned or are frozen or canned or whatever. So this was put out by the U.S. Agriculture Reports um, from the uh, Minnesota Department of Agriculture in 2018. So just to give you an idea, and we're giving you all this information for this, you can understand why the shelves are being Barren places. Now, uh, is it going to get any better before it gets worse? With what I'm seeing, uh, you know, I'm not uh, want to be the bearer of bad news. I don't want to predict something that I don't know. But uh, all I do know is so far, it has came along just like we thought it would if you've been watching this since COVID began. Now, again, this is not a COVID thing altogether. Uh, there's other things going on. Uh, if it was totally COVID-related, uh, we would be exporting the amount that we're doing and not selling it uh, directly at home when we do have shortages on there. If you've noticed that uh, the price difference between a loaf of bread, recession right now uh, is just about uh, no way out of it with the uh, amount of uh, price increases that we've had. Uh, and then again, we blamed a lot of that on COVID. Uh, we couldn't get help. So, um, you know, the minimum wage, maybe don't call it the minimum wage, workers wage. I mean, in a lot of cases, almost doubled, uh, which in turn runs prices up. But again, here we are exporting and importing, but it doesn't look like it was for our benefit. Now, I'm not uh, up and up on all this to make that statement 100%. But what I can say is this. I do know there's empty shelves. I do know now is the time for you to garden. More than ever, you need to be uh, putting a, a stockpile. The government does not have any food stockpiled for its citizens. Let me say that again. The government does not have stockpiled any food for its citizens. The world wheat that was 
ready, accessible to use May 20th of 2022 was only 11 million bushels. Okay? 11 million bushels. That's all we had in access. Now, we were coming into a harvest. That means that it would be replenished, but that's awful close. Now, the reason the garden, again, is we do know that you're not getting imported food from China. We know that it's going to be coming out of your backyard. You're going to be the one that's growing it. Number two is you will have the abundance. You know what your family uses here. You don't want to go out here and grow your whole backyard of strawberries when your family needs green beans and you need tomatoes and you need peppers and you need squash or you need pumpkins, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You need peas and beans. You can do all that. You can grow enough beans to dry some. I understand we all don't have five acres of land or two acres or even one acre, but we all have a spot to where we can add to that and will help with our shortages and that we can start our own stockpile, even without affecting so much as the grocery stores shelves now if we're growing it ourselves. There's things that we can freeze, things that we can camp, things that we can drive. We've talked about that. So now more than ever is a time for us to fruit trees, fruit bushes, fruit uh, vines like strawberries, um, grapevines. Uh, another thing is uh, your vegetables. Uh, a lot of people are doing uh, their own chickens now where they have their eggs and they have their meat chickens. Uh, some are doing uh, a small cow uh, and splitting them between two families when it comes slaughter time. So these are things that you can do. Some people that with a smaller farm has a milk cow. They're producing their own milk, making their own cream, again, turning out their own cheese and doing this. And everybody says, well, you know, it sounds like we're in pioneer days. No, not really. Uh, what we're doing is we're using some of the things we've forgotten and uh, we want to tag it pioneer days, but that's not, not so. Uh, these are things that in my lifetime we did. And it wasn't just us. We wasn't one of the guys on the neighborhood road or street that did these things out in rural America. It was everybody did that. It was maybe one or two that didn't. But in uh, my period of growing up, and I'll be almost 68 years old here in a few months. But the thing is, these were common practices for us. So what I do, I ask you to look into your uh, gardening. Uh, the reason we're doing this is trying to give you an idea of where the global markets are and where the global gardens are going uh, to help you plan and make sure that your family has an ample and a healthy food supply. Uh, you can also, at Daddy Pete's uh, webpage, you, if you go on there, you can catch this podcast, but you can also catch our podcast, Gardening with Daddy Pete, where that uh, we do give you tips, insights, we answer your questions to gardening problems or uh, try to answer your questions if you're a first-time gardener, if you're a, a gardener uh, that's been doing it a while and you're having a problem or you just want advice on what varieties to plant, which works better in your area, you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, we love to help people do that. While you're at our page, you sign up for our monthly news 
weather that gives you some gardening tips, some canning tips, uh, preservation tips, and so on. Also, uh, you can check out our different soil products, mulches, and uh, as you're listening to the podcast, you'll know which one that uh, will work well for your situation. We do appreciate you tuning in and listening to our podcast. And again, just like uh, gardening with David Pete, if you have any questions for Daddy Pete's Global Gardening, please go on our website, click on our podcast, and uh, let us know that question, because we certainly would uh, like to help you if we can. Well, until next time, this is Melvin York, and you've been listening to Daddy Pete's Global Gardening. <laughs>